Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. We've been in this series um, called Survival to Revival. Like, we got to do it, right? Like, the whole concept of this series has been that it kind of felt like uh, we got together with our church uh, kind of our creatives, pastors and stuff from our team. And we were talking about where are we? What is a need, a real felt need within our congregation? And, and that was something that we felt like uh, that so many people were living lives in like the survival mode. And I think that somewhere probably throughout the pandemic season, we kind of got into this space where there is this like pandemic thing that's happening and it kind of put us into this different space of living that we hadn't really lived before. And then we get into this survival mode, like we're just trying to live, man. And, and from that, even though there's been all the things that have happened and, and the progress and things that happened, I felt like so often we've gotten stuck there and we've kind of gotten stuck into this pattern of survival mode. And that's not what Jesus wants for you and I right? And he wants us living in revival mode. He wants that for your life. And in John 10, 10, we talked about this early in the series that Jesus said, I came that you may have life. And remember the next part? And life to the full, right? And so we asked the question, are you just living or are you really living? All right. And so that's uh, what this whole series and this concept has been about. And it's been amazing. Uh, and so today, I want to talk about you and I being able to excel in this revival mode to be able to dream on. And so to do that, I need to ask you some questions, first of all. Uh, do you guys have like a favorite theme park? Does anybody have a favorite theme park? Like Disneyland or Universal Studios or Great America or anything? Of course. What's your favorite one? Legoland. Legoland. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never been to Legoland, but I bet it's awesome. Uh, all these amazing things. What about ice cream? Ice cream? Anybody got a favorite ice cream flavor? What's yours? Vanilla. vanilla. Straight vanilla, bro. I don't play around. I don't even want the beans. I just want vanilla. Like, any, like uh, you know, uh, I heard last service, like somebody said, uh, Cherry Garcia. Uh, like, there's all kinds of people have their favorite brands or their things. Like, for me, I know it makes sense. Uh, for me, uh, mine is Ben and Jerry's Chubby Hubby. I mean, it just... <laughs> It fits, it works, like I'm down with that. It's delicious. And so uh, that's, that's it. Uh, what about video games? Anybody like playing video games up in here? Four, four people. And, you, and honestly, the people that love playing, they're going to be here because they could not wake up for the nine because they were up all nights. They're like, no way, bro. I'm going to try to make the 1030, maybe but I was up till four. So uh, listen, when I was young, when I was young, uh, there was a time. And in the 80s, uh, it was super cool to go to the arcade. Like that was the thing to do, man. And it was so awesome. Going to the arcade was like the thing. And I lived in Southern California. The city I lived in was this uh, place called Jimmy's, Jimmy's Arcade. And we all hung out there. Anybody, uh, anybody around here remember Sharky's? Yeah. Come on. So it's like that whole thing, right? It's like, uh, you know, that's what we're doing. And I, I remember like just getting money from my parents because I didn't make no money. So I got money from my parents and we'd go and this was the greatest thing was like sticking those dollar bills into the quarter machine and just listening to that. Tick, 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 tick. I was like, oh, joy, just joy. 
and just filling up my pockets full of quarters, man. And then anybody else do this at the arcade? Like I would put like quarters up on there. Like I'm going to be playing here for an hour. Okay. Don't even come by this game. This is my game. And just quarters lined up. And uh, it was so much fun. But then what, what are we doing today? Today is all about home gaming systems, right? Home gaming systems, whatever you have. I don't know. Uh, they made fun of me last service because I said something about a PS2. They were like, that is way old, Joe. PS5, like whatever it is, Xbox, whatever it is that you guys have. I don't know. Uh, but uh, back in my day, it was a big, big, big deal if you had an Atari console. <laughs> now you're balling. You got all the, all the kids coming over like, I want to play Pitfall too. Like it was crazy, asteroids, space invaders, like all the stuff that we were doing. Um, it, was, it was pretty wild, but we had so much fun. But I, I want you to know something. Uh, nothing ever happens until somebody starts dreaming. So all these things that we love, all the things that we do, uh, we get to do those things or participate in them or something because somebody had an idea. They had a vision. They had a dream. And it became a reality. Disney became, uh, uh, was just an idea in Walt's mind in 1955. It's just an idea. Do you know that ice cream actually dates all the way back to 200 BC? Isn't that wild? What? 200 BC. Uh, here, though, in the States, it's actually uh, a, was like known for in Maryland in 1744. Like somebody had an idea here in the States, and that's why I eat chubby hubby now. <laughs> because of whoever that was. Do you know that video games actually started like the first original idea and actual playing out on a screen was a game kind of like Atari's Pong. It was, they called it tennis and it was in 1958. Think about that. In 1958, they had an idea, they figured it out, and now there's gaming systems in almost every home that has a kid because somebody had an idea. They had a dream. And so what I want to challenge you today as we move into revival mode is I want to challenge you to dream great dreams for God. Great dreams for God because he wants you to. Ephesians 3.20, I want you guys to look at this. It's in your outlines. It's on our app. If you go into our app and go to the message notes, you can open it up there. Um, it's also up on the screen. But look what this says. God is able to do a little more. No, wait. What's that say? Far more. God is able to do far more than a few things, anything. Hold up. God is able to do far more than anything. Can you guys say anything? that we would dare to ask or even dream of infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. This is an amazing verse. And in it, God is like, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think, I want you to think of like the greatest thing that you could think of, the biggest thing that you could think of for your life, for your family, in your ministry, in your church, within your family. What do you, I want you to think of the greatest thing that you could possibly think, and I can top that. I can beat it. That's what this says. And so God's word now inspires you and I to dare to dream big. Big. 
Or if you're living in this like survival mode thing, he's telling you to dream again. Because somewhere in this survival mode, we buried it. We put it aside. We go, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's not now. And we're, it's still, still sitting over there. Or maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe I, I was wrong about that. Like I kind of thought maybe, but no, it's not. And what he's telling you to do is to pick that up. And to get out of that survival mode and into revival mode. And dream again. I want to talk about Abram's dream. Look at this. I took my marker out last service and I didn't put it back. So if you, who can find Genesis 15? Anyone? Because <clears throat> that's where we are. See if I can find that. Yeah. Genesis 15. Of course, it, it is in your outline. It's on the screen. Uh, but I like old school, bro. Genesis 15, beginning in verse 1. Here's what it says. After the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Okay, you see this? A vision. We're dreaming now. God said, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Right? Like God's like, I got you. I got you. From all the things that you and I have been talking about, the covenant that we have, I got you. Here's what Abram says. Verse 2. Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus. And Abram said, you've given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my heir. And then check it out. Then the word spoke to him. The, the word of the Lord came to him again. And he said, this man will not be your heir. He's talking about Eliza. But a son who is of your own flesh and blood or of your own body will be your heir. And he took him outside in verse 5, and he said, look up to the heavens. Look up to the sky, he says, and count the stars, if indeed you can even count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And then check out verse 6. Abram believed. Will you say that? Abram believed the Lord. And it was credited him as righteousness. God speaks to Abram in a vision. And, a and Abram is like, God, what, 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 what am I getting out of this? Like, what are you going to give to me? Right? And basically, he's like, look, I'm going to die. All right? It's just me and my wife. We got no kids. What, like, what is this? What are you even talking about? He's, he's literally like going, this doesn't make any sense. How can you tell me I'm going to have so many children and I don't even have one? And I think that that's a legit argument. Like that's a real thing. Like I, I go back to the mother of Jesus, Mary. When Gabriel came and said, hey, listen, you're going to have a son. His name, you're going to name him Jesus. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like how is that even possible? Like, it's a real thing to have this conversation. And here's what I love. I love about this. It's so cool. Is, is God doesn't rebuke Abram, okay? He doesn't do that. Uh, he didn't rebuke him for, like, having a negative attitude or a seemingly selfish manner or, or that he had, like, um, a lack of faith in God's power. 
There's a couple of things that I want to, to note here, and, and I put it in your outline. So write this down. Write this down. Here's the first note. Don't be afraid to ask of God. That's what we see here. Like you and I, we shouldn't be afraid to ask anything of him. Right? James, hey, James 4.2 says, you don't have it because you haven't talked to God about it. That's what James 4.2 says. You have not because you ask not. Talk to me, he says. Let's talk about it. You could even write next to that, uh, don't be afraid to ask of God. What you could write next to that is, uh, don't, don't be afraid to tell him how you really feel. <laughs> What's really going on up inside of you. Like, hey, man. Like, he wants to hear you pour your heart out. David, over and over again in the Psalms, is just pouring his heart out to God. Over and over again. God wouldn't cry. And, oh, God, David, stop. You're making me cry. He wants to hear your heart because he, the only way that he can mend your heart is through confession. you got to talk about it. Speak. And then here's the second thing. Write this down. Second observation is God wants to expand your dream. He really does. Right? It goes back to Ephesians 3.20. God can do more than you could even imagine. He has such big ideas for you. I want you to let that settle in. He has big ideas for you. Big. So I want to take a closer look um, at this second observation and really honing in on verse 5. On verse 5 where he says he, that God took him outside and he said, look up to the heavens and count the stars if indeed you can count them. He said, so, sh so shall your offspring be. I want you to see what happened here. You've you got to see what happened here because what God did is God moved Abram from a baby dream to a nation dream. That's what happened. It's stunning of how this unfolds. Like Abram is in his tent and he's telling God how he really feels. And he's like, all I want is a baby. Like, can, can, Sar can Sarai and I just get a baby, man? All I want is a baby. We're childless. Like, I, I have this servant that's going to be my heir. Like, can you, can I, can, I, can I just get a baby? And God's like, hold up. Let's expand this dream a little bit you got going on right here. And in verse 5, it shows that God took Abram from his little bitty baby dream to a huge nation dream. Into something outstanding. How did that happen? How did God expand the dream? We can learn this from Genesis 15. And what God did with Abram, he will do with us. And so what you and I can do is we can grab these principles and we can apply them to our life and expand the dream that he has given you today. Are you ready for that? Okay, because that was just my open. Like, that was awesome. Let's get started. Here we go. How do I expand my dream? First one, look out. Look out from where you are. Look out, right? What does it say? It says that God took him outside. Can I just tell you, um, God, God had to take Abram outside of his tent. Listen to me, outside of his comfort zone. Abram's thinking, you know what? It's good here in my tent. Mm, it's nice. It's cozy. 
It's warm. Like, I like it up in here. Can I get a baby? <laughs> and God's like, can you come outside? God, God is literally like doing the whole hashtag get outside with him right now. He's like, get out, stay out. Come outside. Because please hear me, folks. You may, you may feel as if you're confined in a place. Like you, you may feel that way. Like I'm just, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in this space. And it could be like literally a specific space. Or maybe not. It could just be like these mental concepts that you've put upon yourself. Or you may be confined, like you're doing this, you may be confined to particular circumstances. Like you feel that. You, you may be confined mentally or maybe even emotionally attached to something. And where we are in these places is we're in a comfort zone. Oh, it's so comfy. It's nice up in here. Can I get a baby? <laughs> and can I just tell you right now, Abram's tent was false security. That's what it was. We have to ask ourselves the question, what's my tent? Like, what is it? What do I need to pop my head out of and take a step outside and go see? Because once you do that, once you look out, you open yourself up to God's dreams. You, he, what God does then is he begins to expand it. And he begins to move you out of that baby dream into a nation dream. And it is so much bigger and it is so much brighter and it is so much better. Here's the next thing. The next thing that we see happen here is he tells him to look up. Look up to the sky. Look up to the heavens is what he says. See, God had to change Abram's direction. You know all Abram could think of? I can't pull this off. That's what he's thinking. That's what I'd be thinking. I can't pull this off. I'm old. My wife is old. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> I'm talking about Sarai, okay? We have no children. Like, this is the stuff that he's doing. What restrictions are you placing on your dream? What is it? Maybe you feel like, oh, I'm too young. I'm too inexperienced. Maybe, maybe the dream is that it requires an enormous amount of resources and you can't even imagine ever being able to possibly acquire it. Maybe you feel like you're past your prime. What restrictions are you putting on yourself that's creating self-sabotage? What are you doing? God has to remind you and I to look up. To look up. Because we're always looking down. And we're always like, we're looking down and we're not looking up and we're like, I'm just helpless. And we, and we all just become a bunch of navel gazers. Right? Like, oh, I'm no good. This is no good for me. I can't do it. I can't do it. And we have to look up because our help comes from the Lord. Look at Psalm 121.2. Look at what it says. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, because what? It is a Christ in you 
Colossians 1.27 says, which Christ in you, the hope and glory. Listen, it is all about being connected to Christ. 100%. Hey, it's good to believe, by the way. It's good to believe in yourself. It's great to have self-confidence. That is a good thing, that I can do it, right? Like the little engine that could. I know I can, I know I can. <laughs> yes, you can. That's awesome. I'm so happy for you. But listen to me, we need to connect to Christ. Christ is where the power is. That's the source. That's the power source. And so what you and I have to do is, I know that you're awesome. I know that you can pull stuff off. You have to connect to the supply in order to pull it off. Otherwise, you're just navel-gazing. I don't want you doing that. So we got to look up. And when we do that, it represents confidence in God. It eases the pressure. Look at, look at Philippians 4.13. You guys know this verse? You want to read it out loud with me? Ready? Go. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, that builds confidence in us. Because what happens? Outside of that confidence, we think what? Well, I know God can do it. I know we can do it. I know we can pull it off. I have no doubt that God can pull it off, but not through me. Maybe through you. Mm-hmm. Might look good for you. But not me. I'm just a little peon. Mm -mm. Can I just tell you something? God chose you. He chose you. He chose us. He, he is the sovereign God that is in control of all things. And he wants to work through, in and through you, more than you even realize. Like, I, I remember... God has taken us through such incredible journey of like the whole looking out, right? Like the looking out and then looking up for his support. Like I, I can think through, you know, what this looked like for us in our lives over the years. Kathleen and I were young. We're in our early 20s and God is moving and we're on staff at a church. Like it was incredible, man. We were learning so much. We were in a great space at the perfect timing, right where he wanted us to be. And it was amazing. And then he starts stirring something. And he starts stirring it, and he starts stirring it. And we're comfortable. I'm in my hometown. I'm surrounded by all my people, like all my family, so many friends. I grew up in this town. Like everything's amazing. Like I'm on this journey, and God starts stirring something with me, and he starts telling me to look out. I need you to look outside, Joe. I need you to get outside of your tent. And he began to tell us to move to Texas to Houston. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Do you know how great California is? Everything that you want is here. I used to tell Kathleen, I will never leave California. Hello. <laughs> Listen, God said, I need you to get out of your comfortable tent and I'm going to move you into a bigger tent. And so that's what happened. We did it. Listen to me. Was it easy? Was it a piece of cake? No. It was incredibly challenging. It was incredibly difficult. We literally started a church from scratch. 
and built it slowly over years and years and years. And listen to this. This thing is growing and building, and it's amazing. And we're so just, we've got this incredible team from just Kathleen and I. Now there's this huge team. We've got this church. We're like going, we're going. And guess who got comfortable? I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this. I ain't ever leaving. The last house that we bought in Texas, we were like, we're retiring here. This house is amazing. Big house, great lot, wrought iron fence in the back, pool in the backyard, overlooked the pond out there with the fountain, the park, the walking trails, like all the things, man. Like, this is it. We're here. We made it. God said, look out. Look out. I'm going to move you to a bigger tent. And can I just tell you something? You are way more comfortable at 45 than you are at 25. Just so you know, for you youngins. Like at 45, I'm like, I ain't starting over. I'm good. I've got this. We're set. Like life is set. I got it all planned out, God. Jump on board. Nope. Mm-mm. He started to tell us to pull up our anchors. My anchor was deep. Pull up our anchors. It's a big story. I can't get into it. We go back to Bakersfield with nothing. No jobs, no nothing, nothing. But he told me to look out. I got a bigger tent. A year later, it's not easy. A year later, an incredible opportunity arises. Big old tent. Phenomenal of what's happening. And guess what? Built a team, incredible team. I love those people so much. And we were running and gunning, man, and it was amazing together. And God said, look out. Again, Kathleen said, we're retiring in this home. We're putting all kinds of money in it. We're retiring in this home. Look out. I have a bigger tent. I don't want to go. I don't know anybody up there. I do now, yes. And I am so happy. I am so happy. But God wants us to get our eyes off of ourselves. And it took me a while. I still don't know if I totally got it. Okay? It like takes me a minute. Like, I don't want to do it. I, it's sad to admit, but that's like the first reaction. Here's the next one. I got to go. Look beyond. Look beyond anything you've ever seen. Imagine beyond our limitations. Imagine. God says, count the stars. That's what he's saying to you. Those are his words to you. 
so shall your offspring be. Watch how I expand your dream. Watch what I do with that baby dream you got. Watch what I do. Have you ever seen the stars like that? Like the vast array of stars out away from the lights? Like away from the city lights? You know what I'm talking about? Like out in the woods or in the plains or out in the desert? Isn't it phenomenal? The mass cluster? You can't count those. That's where Abram was in the desert. No city lights. And I can only imagine what began to happen. And this is how I'm picturing it in my head. But you know I'm weird. But I could just see him there like one, two, three. Like just going, man. And then it's like 144,822. 144,823, 144,842, 40, what? Ah! One, two. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking in my brain, he got it. That's what, he's like, oh, God's got a nation dream. I can't even count it. It's not even possible. And he has so much more for me that I even realized he's going to give me a nation dream. And you got to look beyond. You have to remove the mental limitations. This world can bog you down. It is full of criticism and despair. I know. But God is telling you to go count the stars. Go. Count them. You may have already come a long way. I thank God for how far we've come. It's incredible, his hand. But you know what he says? I brought you this far to give you more. That's how cool God is. You get more and more and more. I'm going to move you to a bigger tent. We just have to be obedient and walk with him. And I moved into a bigger tent. And then he's bothered that it's too small. So he says, let's go to a bigger tent. And in Hebrews 6, I love this verse so much. It has so much meaning and power to me, you guys. But Hebrews 6, 14 and 15, God says, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And check this out. And so having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. And I live this verse. I live it. And I love it. It's not easy. But I walk in obedience to what God's word says. I live a life of faith. And there's so much to this. There's so much meaning. I'd love to sit down with you and talk about it sometime, but we can't do it today. But our thinking can be so limited. We have to look beyond. We have to. God is so big and he is so huge. Anything is possible. What is your dream? What is your dream? So you have to ask yourself this question, and, and it's not in your outline, so I need you to write it down or put it in the notes in your phone or something. I think we put it on the screen. <clears throat> but I need you to ask yourself this question. What would I attempt for God if I knew I couldn't fail? What would I do? That's your dream. Move in it. Let God expand your horizons. Let him expand your dreams. Let it expand your vision into God's unlimited vision for your mission 
and your ministry and your life and what he has uniquely created you to do. Listen to me. Count the stars. Count the stars.